How do you make millions of dollars on Amazon? Meet Travis Marziani, the biggest Amazon FBA YouTuber in the world. Travis quit his corporate nine to five to start selling on Amazon, launched a bunch of successful stores, and then started teaching others to do the same. Travis is the biggest educator in the space with over 300,000 YouTube subscribers. In this episode, Travis gives a step-by-step guide for how to create your first e-commerce business and reveals his exact methods for sourcing, listing, and marketing products. Well, how much money does it take to start an Amazon business? And my answer is zero if you put in the hard work of doing the social media and you raise the money. He also breaks down all of his revenue as a creator in detail. But that Amazon and selling on Amazon, creating a passion product is the best way to get from zero to six figures, passive income. If you've ever wondered how to create passive income selling products online or making videos, this episode's for you. Welcome to Money Talks. Welcome to Money Talks, the coolest ways to get rich. Today we got Travis Marziani. Did I say that right? Marziani, yeah. Marziani. It's actually Marziani, but I'm American, so Marziani. Okay, okay. So before we get into your whole empire, you basically started with Amazon FBA, made money with Amazon. Now you're the biggest YouTuber educating people on Amazon. So there's this is a super meta podcast because it's like we're talking about how you can make money teaching people to make money. Sure. And then, yeah, so there's a lot of, le- a lot of layers, a lot of levels to it, but, uh, super interesting. Why don't we just start with how you make money right now? Your, your different revenue streams and get into that. Yeah. So I have a number of different revenue streams. I have well the Amazon businesses, the e-commerce businesses about 10 years ago, I had a corporate job, quit that cold Turkey. And I started my first e-commerce business, which was a dance clothing business, an online dance clothing business. And there's a long story behind that. The quick version is my mom was sewing dance costumes when I was a kid. And when I was told her, I want to quit my job, I want to start an online business. She's like, you know, I have an idea. We could sell some of this dance clothing that I'm doing on the internet because people would come to her and say, hey, I want a pair of light purple booty shorts or light purple sports bra. And she would say, I don't do that. She was doing more high-end custom, like full costumes. And so she'd say, go buy that online. People would go and look and there was nothing like that and come back to her, pay $40, $50 for a pair of shorts because they wanted that specific color. And so that was the first online business that I started and that business. So I still have that business. So that's still one of the businesses that's part of the income stream. It's been over 10 years now. So there's that. There is a number of different Amazon businesses I have. A lot of the businesses I run now, as far as like real Amazon businesses are, I partner with my students. So the YouTube channel is probably more of my focus. Teaching students is more of my focus. So I've got the YouTube channel. So I got AdSense revenue from that, which actually my AdSense revenue went down like 90%. There's this bug going around YouTube called the invalid traffic bug, which YouTube, you need to fix this. It's terrible. (laughs) Uh, It's really annoying. So AdSense revenue, affiliate marketing. I'm I'm an affiliate for a number of different services. Helium 10, onlinejobs.ph. Also like... Pretty much anything. So I'll make videos where I talk about the top 10 ways to build a website and I'm an affiliate for all of them. And so people are always like, oh, this is sponsored. This is, I'm like, no, I don't care which one you choose. I make money no matter what, as long as you use one of my links. And obviously you don't have to use my link either. So affiliate marketing. And then the biggest one right now for me is coaching, teaching. So I have an online course where I teach people step-by-step how to start an online business. Specifically, I call it creating a passion product. And what a passion product to me is creating a product that's unique, that's different, but ideally something that you're actually passionate about, that you're excited about, something that you could go make a thousand TikToks about. Because I believe right now, social media is the easiest way to advertise, to to make your products go viral, to do whatever you're doing. If you want to make a lot of money, if you leverage social media, which is pretty much free to create on, you can make a ton of money. So the course is a very big part of my income stream. So I would say that's it. That my different mm-hmm. e-commerce businesses, affiliate marketing, YouTube, and then the course. And I probably have, yeah, I do some consulting on the side and some little things here and there. Okay. So a lot of stuff to touch on. So let's backtrack a little. So do you want to give a two second explainer? What is Amazon FBA? Yeah. Amazon FBA is a way for you to make money online. So this is the YouTube in me. And, uh, in, <laughs> We're getting a real content yeah. creator today. Way to make for you to make money online. <laughs> it's blah, blah, you know a trillion dollar company. So what it is is a way for you to sell on Amazon. 
And a lot of people think that when you buy things from Amazon, that it's the same as buying it from Walmart. Because when you go into a Walmart and you buy something, Walmart is buying those products wholesale from the manufacturer, from the brand itself, and then reselling them in their stores. So people think that's how Amazon works, and it's not. I think over 60% of all the products that are being sold on Amazon are from third-party sellers. So that's people like me, people like you, people like the audience at home that have an Amazon seller account and they list their products for sale. And so chances are about 6% of the time when you're buying something off Amazon, you're buying it from just another person that's selling on Amazon and the FBA part stands for fulfilled by Amazon. And what that means is, let's say I were to go and buy a thousand units of some product for relatively cheap. I would then list it for sale on Amazon for an increased price and then send those products into the Amazon warehouse. And when someone, a customer places an order, Amazon would pick, pack and ship that product out from their warehouse to the customer. And so what this allows you to do is take advantage of prime shipping. Because most people, when they're buying things on Amazon, they want to they want to buy with prime shipping. And that's compared to FBM, which is fulfilled by merchant, which is where you can sell things on Amazon. And when you get an order, you have to actually ship it out yourself. So FBA is actually, in my opinion, one of the best like passive income sources because you don't have to do any of the work. You don't have to be in the United States. You can be traveling and Amazon is fulfilling the products for you. On top of that, here's a crazy stat. Amazon has over 300 million prime customers in the world. I think it's 50% of all US households have a prime account. So Amazon already has all the traffic coming to its website. Last year, they did 500 billion dollars in sales on their e-commerce platform. And as I mentioned, 60% of those sales are from third-party people selling their products. So it's basically like a machine that you get to take advantage of. I mean, Jeff Bezos did a very good job and he knows that the way to make money is by letting sellers take advantage of their infrastructure. So FBM, you don't get that FBA fulfilled by Amazon, you do. So that's the quick version. Interesting. Okay. So now drop shipping Mm. is the same. That's FBA, right? Well, so it depends. Drop shipping means different things to different people. Drop shipping, a lot of what it used to mean is you create a website, you're selling someone else's product. And a lot of times with drop shipping, it's coming from China. And so that's why like a lot of things you'll buy with drop shipping. It'll take six weeks to get to the US. Another example of drop shipping is So it'd be like I, I throw up a site or I go on Amazon, I sell this water bottle for thirteen dollars that I found for five dollars somewhere else, and somebody goes and buys for 13 and it just creates the order for five and I make the, the $8. Yeah. That's and what drop usually shipping is. With, usually with drop shipping, people are creating their own Shopify websites. Mm-hmm. It's not as common. I mean, this is a, a type of... Some and, and with uh, Fulfilled by Amazon, you're, you're buying the inventory, sending it in, yes. and then letting them fulfill it. The other big thing with drop shipping, and this is why I don't recommend drop shipping, is usually you don't own the brand. With Amazon, you own the brand It's just a channel. So I could send a thousand units into Amazon. I could wholesale a thousand units to Walmart. I could sell those thousand. I could sell as much as I want on my own website. When most people talk about drop shipping, it's basically as if, let's say I created a product. One of the products that I'm partnered with is called cocktail cards. And you could come to me and say, hey, I want to drop ship this product. You could create your own niche website and sell our product. And we would tell you, hey, every time you make a sale, let's say it's $35, give us 25 and we're going to ship it out for you. So it's kind of an interesting, cool thing. It's not something that I think really works anymore. Although, you know, some people would disagree with me on that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a form of drop shipping, but usually when people like, if you type in drop shipping in YouTube, what people are recommending is not what I'm talking about. Why does drop shipping get such a bad rap? Like, I feel like when you yeah. hear about like, you know, hustle culture and like 22 year old kids trying to make a quick buck and like scammy kind of mm-hmm. th- that whole world, like drop shipping, drop shipping, drop shipping is all yeah. you hear about. And kind of Amazon gets looped into that. Like, why do you think that is? And why is Amazon not that? Well, cause Amazon's just a platform Yeah, and it's just with what I'm talking about, you own your own brand. It's like, yeah. it's a business. It's the you, same as, as opening a retail store and selling right. shoes or whatever you sell, right? Exactly. With yeah. Drop shipping, depending on the type of drop shipping, but usually when people are talking about drop shipping, it's kind of like, you don't really own anything. And so let's say there's a person, we'll call him Steve, and he owns this brand. And he's like, hey, Jesse, Travis, you can create your own website and drop ship my product. Now we're competing against each other. There could be hundreds of other people competing against each other. 
and we don't even own the real thing. He's the one making all the money. We're just like working for him, basically. And so that's why I think it gets kind of a bad rap. I mean, there's, again, very di- there's a lot of different types. There's a lot of nuances here. So this is the way I think about online business a lot is what is the moat around your castle? You've built this great castle. Well, how strong are the walls? How big's the moat? And with a lot of ways to make money online, your moat is non-existent. You, you built a little town with a door that doesn't even have a lock on it. And what's going to happen is someone else is going to come along that's, that's better than you and break down your door and steal all your, all your money, mm-hmm. basically. So... And it can work. I'm not saying dropshipping can never work. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a short-term play. Yeah. I think to get your foot in the door, like if you're brand new uh, to selling online and you want to try out dropshipping first, go for it. But don't expect in 2023, 2024, 2025 to be coming rich off of dropshipping anymore. It's just not the best way. Okay. That's a good segue because I think that's a, that's a criticism a lot of people say is like, oh no, Amazon, that was... 2014, 2015, whatever the year is. And I know a lot of your content is like saying you can still do this. There are still opportunities. So how many years ago was it when you started your workout clothes? Yeah. The the dance clothing was 10 years ago. And we started selling them on Amazon around seven years ago. Mm -hmm. So at first we were just selling the dance clothing on our own website. But then we transitioned into Amazon. Amazon. So like just to get an idea, how much did you make the first year with that business? That was your first business on Amazon 10 years ago. Well, so when it wasn't on Amazon the first year, okay, okay. profit, my first year ever, I probably made like five grand, not okay. a lot. Okay. Like it was, so here's the thing about my story. I went from making like $80,000 a year at a corporate job. We didn't talk about this, but I ended up getting really bad depression. I quit my job basically because I was, wanted a chance to be happy because I was not happy. And I mean, this is, it's a really kind of crazy story. I had never felt something like this before because not only was it really bad depression, but it felt I don't almost spiritual. Like I had this, I had a couple experiences. Maybe we can, uh, I'll get into detail another time that were almost like psychedelic experiences, but I was not on psychedelics and it really made me kind of question the nature of reality and made me realize that what am I doing? Like I was in hell and complete side tangent, but I kind of think that I'm not, I'm not a super religious person. I'm, I'm somewhat spiritual, but when I think of sins, things like greed and all the, all these different things, I actually think that there are rules for living and I was being greedy. I was staying in my job because the money was good, even though I hated my life. And every single week that went by, I became more and more and more depressed. And it was like I was digging a hole and I didn't know how to get out of it. So I quit cold turkey. And so my first year, I was having panic attacks and I made like five grand. Actually, I checked myself into the the week that I had, like my last week at my job, I drink a bunch of yerba mate. I'm like, I'm going to be making six figures in three months, six months max, passive income. So I drank a bunch of yerba mate, like didn't sleep for a few days, had a complete panic attack, breakdown, maybe even more crazy than that. Checked myself into the emergency room and was like, oh crap, this is not going to be easy. So yeah, 5,000 my first year. The thing is that no one tells you is online business, I believe is exponential. Like once you kind of figure out how things work, if you can make five thousand, the next year I made ten thousand, which still isn't a lot of money. But the next year I made twenty thousand. Still, I mean, I went from eighty thousand dollars to twenty thousand dollars, and I've been doing it for three years. Next year forty. Next year eighty. And I remember my dad would come to me for the first couple of years and just say, "Hey, probably shouldn't have quit your job, right? Like that was a bad decision." And you know, my grandma's like, "Oh, when are you gonna get a real job?" And I'm like, "You don't understand. Like this is the thing." But then. By year four or five, started making $80,000, 160000 320000 And that's the power of exponential returns. And you don't get that when you're working a corporate job. I mean, I think I've said this in my, my videos. Last year, I made over a million dollars in profit. And that's because of these compound returns that you get when you understand, when you build systems and then you add on to the systems and you start using things like the 80-20 principle. Because what I would do is that first year I made $5,000. I'm like, all right. How did I make that 80,000 or how did I make that $5,000? And I looked at, well, what is that 80% that led to the $5,000? Focus on that. The next year was 10,000. Now, look, I think for people at home, they could make money a lot quicker than I did. Again, I was having panic attacks. I was anxious. I didn't know what I was doing. That's another big tip is I would highly recommend finding someone that's done what you want to do. Hire them as a coach. Pay. I, I know this is, and we can get into the controversy of this. 
very controversial topic on YouTube is our courses scams. <laughs> no, here's someone like I always tell people <laughs> I took 10 years of struggle of pain of learning and I put it into a course for 997. Yeah. How is that not like I think you're in, in people are like, well, you can find all this on YouTube. And I'm like, you literally can't. I mean, maybe 80, 90 percent of yeah. it. Let's say even 80 percent you can. That 20 percent is worth way more than a thousand dollars. And it's just like and then also with programs like mine, we have a coach that either myself or a coach does a weekly Q&A call. It's like you, you the amount of money that that's worth to get some support, to get some health. I remember thinking I actually was cheap when I quit my corporate job. I thought I'm not going to pay for coaching. I'm going to get a mentor for free. And I get a lot of people reaching out to me. Will you mentorship me, mentor me? And I'm like, yeah, join my program. Like, oh, I don't have money. And I'm like, well, I don't have unlimited time. I can't mentor anyone, everyone. So I would always tell people in that situation. Yeah, it took me a long time to, to start yeah. making that income. But hire a coach, you can do it quicker. I had a similar trajectory in like what you're saying that's it. Like people see big numbers and see people like, you know, with great lives and great businesses and assume like, Oh yeah, it's just like press a button, quit your job and have this thing that prints a million a year. And sure. it's like, it's the opposite. And like, I remember for me it was like the first year or two was literally just trying to get to like profitable. Like it was just like, yeah. I invested money online and I was like losing money. And I was like, I remember hitting zero and being like, this might work. And I hadn't made a cent. I had just made back the, the, the mistakes where I fucked up and blew all this money. And I just made back to zero and was like, I can actually get, keep going with this. And then, you know, you hit those milestones and one year is 10,000 and whoa, like $10,000 extra. And then the next year 20 and then yeah. one year is 60 and it's like, that's a salary. And then like, yeah. Oh, that's a good, the next year is a good salary. And yeah. you, you, that's how, you know, that's how it goes. Okay. So now you made over a million last year. What Amazon businesses we have, I know the YouTube, all that, the education side, but what Amazon businesses are you currently doing and currently work? Yeah. So the dance clothing company still exists. Still going. Um, How much money does that make at this point? I mean, well, it's revenue is a few hundred thousand dollars. Full transparency. I let my mom keep all the money now. Like, cause I have other income sources and she does most of the work. I, I, nice. I mean, I created the systems for the marketing and all that kind of stuff, but it's just, she actually runs the business. So it's okay. like you keep the money. That's like her thing. Okay. That's her thing. There's cocktail cards, which is one of my students. I gave him this idea for creating a hundred recipe flashcards on how to create cocktails. It's in, it's really beautiful design and designed. And that in his first year, he did like $500,000 in sales. I think around $170,000 profit. I get a percentage of that. He was, he was a student of yours. Yeah. Not an entrepreneur. And he had very minimal experience. I think he had just, so he lost his job as a bartender during the pandemic and didn't know what to do. He joined, I think he was doing a little bit of stuff, like trying out some different things. He joined my program cause you know, he needed a way to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And I saw this guy, he would show up to my Q and a call every single week. And I thought, wow, this guy's smart. He's hardworking, but every week he's like, I don't have an idea. What should I sell? So one day I'm like, all right, man, meet with me after the call. I got an idea that I think might be good for you. And I didn't even know that he was a bartender. I'm like, oh, what do you think funny. about this product? And he's like, yeah, I think that'd be really good. And he's like, actually, you know, I used to be a bartender. I'm like, really? Okay. So that's another one. I sold a business of mine. It's called Performance Nut Butter. That was my first business. That business did, it's done over a million dollars in sales. That was my first Amazon like passion product business. Did over a million dollars in sales and uh, over $400,000 profit. Sold it for a good chunk of change, but the guy that I sold it to, I think the business is, it's not even on Amazon anymore. That's a sore subject a little bit because I still own a percentage of that business, but you know, that went down to nothing. So I got to figure out what I'm going to do about that. Uh, there's a brand I have called Rocket Tea, which is the highest caffeine tea in the world. Yeah, that one is not doing as well as I would like. My partner for that was another student. I had another student that I, I picked to work with and Last I checked, he's, you know, laying on the beach somewhere in Thailand. He's not really like growing the business, which he's a super nice guy. I'm happy that he's happy, but it's bad for me on YouTube because people are like, oh, it's only making $5,000 a month. This is a failure. I'm like, yeah, but the guy's living in Thailand on the beach, like 5k revenue is probably like 2k profit. That's good money in Thailand. If he wanted to make more, he could. So there's that one. I got a couple other random ones and I'm, we're actually going to be launching some new brands pretty soon here. So, yeah. And and so what's the approach cuz I think a lot of people are in that spot where it's like 
I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do online stuff. Maybe they're even like hardworking hustlers, but they're like, I don't have an idea. I don't have a product. So like, what's your process? You seem like a pretty calculated guy and like you have all that knowledge with Amazon. So what is your process like? you know, I like tea or is it like you're running crazy numbers when you approach with a new product? It's a little bit of both. I think and this is what I, why I recommend the passion product. I think the best products are the things that you're like, that you go to Amazon, you search for and nothing comes up and you're like, Oh, I wish this, I wish this product existed. And everyone has something like that. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. And it's just, you gotta start paying attention when anytime you're thinking, Oh man, I wish that this type of a protein bar existed and I would buy it over the other stuff. I mean, they have this now, but like grass fed whey or, you know, pasture raised or something interesting like that. But keep in mind, a lot of the products that exist now, they didn't five years ago, 10 years mm -hmm. ago. And there's trends. So here's another big thing. Take advantage of trends. So I launched the nut butter product right before keto took off, performance nut butter. And I saw that trend coming. I could tell because all the really in the know influencers were talking about, oh my God, you know, this keto diet, high fat, so important. Do you have tools to check, like tracking trends or yeah. you're more like, okay. There is um, the Google Trends tool. Okay, yeah. Google Trends is a amazing tool. So we're actually gonna be launching a carnivore diet type product. I won't give too much details, but check the channel and you'll see soon. We're gonna be launching a carnivore diet type product because I believe based on the trends that that's going to be taking off soon. I think January of next year is going to be the, the biggest month for the carnivore diet that it's ever been. Now, full transparency, I think in a few years, it might kind of die off because this is how this keto is the same way. Paleo mm -hmm. is the same way. Now, I'm not saying it won't still exist with like small niches, but it's not going to be the hot topic where I think next year it's going to be the hot thing that you see a lot. And it's already started. Like a lot of celebrities are going to be like, oh, I'm doing the carnivore. Is so, that just only eating meat? Only eating meat. And like, animal products basically okay yeah there's some interesting and science so you, behind it. you were like you're looking like google searches and seeing like that going up and you're well, like let's do so something in that space oftentimes what i'm doing is i'm just looking in my life and then when i have an interesting idea then i go check it with the mm -hmm. tools there are tools there's a tool called helium 10 affiliate links down in the description <laughs> <laughs> and tools like that they have ways i've, I've got videos hour-long videos on my youtube channel Actually, I'm going to be releasing one that's like two and a half hour, how everything I do for product research and tools like that can help you to find things. And those are, I mean, I, I definitely recommend, I usually use those tools to verify my ideas, but you can use those tools to find ideas. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I could, it's hard to explain some of it because I'd have to show you like a screen, screen recording showing you step-by-step -step how yeah. to find products, but you can look at search volume data. So you can actually find out using this tool, Helium 10, how much people are searching for things on Amazon. For instance, if you wanted to find out keto nut butter, how many people per month are searching for keto nut butter? The answer is probably like 3000 or something. And you can see, has that been trending upwards or downwards? Is it seasonal? You can see all this data. Okay, let's just like go through the, the motions for a second because I like how you approach things. So like, I wanna start a new you know e-commerce business. Yeah. Do you always go just with Amazon or you also do Shopify? I think doing both is a good idea. I, yeah. I'd say my belief is start with Amazon, put the big push on there because the way the algorithm works, if you can get a lot of sales from day one, then Amazon's more likely to put your product at the top of the search results. So the way that Amazon works, uh, selling on Amazon is people go to Amazon, they type in what they want to buy, and then they're shown a list of the search results. And what people don't realize is the first product on that search results gets most of the sales followed by second, third, fourth, and it's exponential. Like the, if you look at the curve of sales numbers, it's way less sales. And if you're on page two, forget about it. Mm. So you really wanna be figuring out what people are searching for on Amazon, and you really wanna be targeting, and you really wanna be trying to get to the top of the search results. And the way to do that, one of the ways, one of the best ways is to get a lot of people to buy your product as soon as you launch it. So that's why I usually tell people I mean, you can create a Shopify or your own website as soon as you launch on Amazon, but drive all that traffic to Amazon first because it's a snowball effect. Because once you start getting the sales, Amazon's like, oh, this is a cool product. They're going to put your product at the top of the search results. And because you're at the top of the search results, you're going to get more sales. And so it kind of, it's a perpetual Interesting. Machine. Okay. So yeah, let's go through reason, it. Yeah. So like I started with something I like. So like I'm into sneakers. I got all the sneakers on the wall here. So like 
what can I do? What's a product I could do around sneakers? Like, let's just brainstorm. So I know a guy. I mean, so this may already be saturated right yeah. now, but like, I know a guy that created his own sneaker cleaning business with like really, you know, cool looking packaging. And so my thing, let's just use that as an example. That may be yeah. saturated. I don't know. But my thing is, how do you create branding that sneakerheads are into? Yeah. Not like, you know, whatever, Lysol. It's like really meant for that. And so this is one of the strategies I'm a big fan of is how do you niche down your products? So whatever, I'll just say it. The product that we're going to be launching, it's going to be the big reveal, the big reveal. And I don't expect this product to make millions of dollars, but carnivore electrolytes. And I know, so I tried out the carnivore diet. Actually, it's not for me, but one of the big things I saw is that you want to supplement with electrolytes on that diet. And I, I typed into Amazon electrolytes for carnivore diet. And there was a lot of electrolytes, but none of them were branded towards carnivore. Mm. And I believe if someone would have, so our branding, we're going to have black packaging, like really premium. It's going to say carnivore in red and then electrolytes. And if you're searching, if you're on the carnivore diet and you're searching for carnivore electrolytes, of course you're going to buy that product because the other ones are for keto. The other ones are for yeah. moms or athletes. This is the product for you. So the same thing is true with, let's say the sneaker community. So the first question I ask myself is, what is something that I wish existed that doesn't? And I'm sure there's lots of cleaning stuff. Maybe there's a special type of cleaning thing. Maybe there's some other thing that's like, I don't think you want to stretch them out, but like whatever, something that would make your life better, a better cases, better, whatever. Maybe that's another thing is like better cases to display it in. That's where you're, that's where you come in as the, the expert in it. And then looking, does this product already exist? And oftentimes when I have an idea and I find that it already exists, that's cool to me because then I don't have to spend six months developing this product. I can just go buy it. Someone else has already done the hard work. But every once in a while, so this is a real sign of a, a good idea is when you wish someone else would just come up with it because you're like, I would buy it in a second. But for me, I'm at a place where I'm like, I got to make this product because I really, when I really wish this thing existed to the point where I'm like, I'm going to create this. And if no one else buys it except for me, cool. It's usually a good sign because it means that, well, I'm passionate about yeah. it. So yeah, so let's say the cleaning supplies, niche it down, create branding that really res, maybe like street art. I like what you said about positioning, because I think that's an underrated thing. Like even with social apps and, you know, people think Instagram was this new thing. Like Facebook allowed you to share photos, but Instagram was more mobile friendly. And then Twitter allowed you to share photos, but their main kind of way they positioned themselves was like, we're a text-based thing. Right. And it's like Snapchat was the same as Instagram, but they had this, like it disappeared. Like they're all just like little nuanced things that make it position different. Yeah. Same with dating apps. There's a million that are successful now. They're all the same, but like they just, this is the more premium one. This is, you know, for farmers, this is for, and so I really like that way of approaching things. Um, Okay. So let's say I find my thing. I'm going to be, you know, the cleaning wipe for, you know, rich sneaker heads and I'm going to make it really premium. So cool. So now like, how do I actually like make that or get that product? Yeah. So you got to find a manufacturer. You're probably not going to make it yourself. I don't recommend doing that. Unless, I mean, sometimes certain products you want to make your first hundred units. You want to make your first 10 units the prototyping phase, but a product like that, you can go to a website like alibaba.com and alibaba.com allows you to connect with manufacturers overseas, not just China, but a lot of them are in China, but you know, India, Pakistan, you name it, you can connect with people using this website. And what you would do is you would search for a similar product to what you're selling. So for you, I mean, you could probably do like cleaning wipes and you contact the factory and explain what you're trying to do and see, is this something that they can do? And you're eventually going to find someone that will probably find a lot of people. You Usually the problem is you find too many manufacturers and you got to narrow it down. I could talk for hours about how to narrow it down, but you know, price, quality, all that basic stuff. On top of that, another thing that you want to start thinking about at this stage, I recommend you start social media ASAP because you want to document the process. You want to show people, hey guys, so I the first post might be something to the effect of, hey guys, I'm going to be launching this type of a product. Like here, you know, how can, what, what do you want in this? Like, give me some ideas how to make it better. Then sharing, oh, I finally found a manufacturer. Here's our first prototype. And all along the way, you want to be posting content too that people that are going to buy your product would want to consume. 
So it might be like, here's the best tips to clean your sneaker, five, five ways to clean your sneaker, uh, why why your sneakers are dirty and how to fix them. And I mean, you could do a hundred TikToks, actually with, with that specific one, taking old sneakers that are really dirty and like really cleaning them. I've seen people do this with lawns they'll, or power washing sidewalks. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. It's so satisfying to watch. Yeah. And then you're just like, I don't even know why I like this, but. Right. <laughs> and I think the same thing would be true with sneakers. I've actually seen a lot of sneaker content like that. Assisted. Purposely go step into mud and like yeah. pour food on it. And then they clean them all to look brand new and just to show you how good the products work. So exactly. Yeah. So I would be creating content around the same time. Mm and also asking your community and starting to develop a community around, you know, on social media, start collecting emails, telling people that you're going to give them updates and then asking lots of questions. This is one of the biggest mistakes people make. I think when launching products is they don't engage with their audience enough, ask questions, say, Hey guys, this is what our logo looks like. What do you think? I did that with performance and up, I showed my packaging and I thought it was so cool. I'm like, this looks slick. It was black and white. And I'm like, oh, this is so premium looking. And one of the people are like, hey, you know, that looks nice, but it doesn't look like food. And I was angry. And I'm like, you don't get my aesthetic. You don't get it. And I went to bed and woke up and I'm like, oh, they're right. And they were right. Yeah. Like, I, I made another version with some color and the, the color made it look like still really premium. But we made, we added the, the nuts that are uh, on in the ingredients on the label in color. And I'm like, now it's obvious that it's food, but it's also obvious that it's premium. And same thing with my logo. I asked everyone, Hey, what do you guys think about this logo? And they're like, well, it'd be nice if you know, you made these tweaks. And then people feel probably more attached to the brand and the product yes. and they're part of it. They're, you yes. know, they're part of the creation of it. So. Exactly. It's their product. Yeah, and, cool. I, and I really recommend using words around, you know, like, Hey guys, like, we're creating this thing together and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cause then they're going to share it with their friends, their family. Your goal is to get them so bought in that when you launch the product, they're going to buy it. Yeah. And the analogy I always like to give people is imagine you have like an acquaintance, someone you don't really know, like you kind of know them. And one day they come up to you and say, Hey, I just launched this on Kickstarter. It's $30. Will you buy it? You're like, Oh, probably not. Yeah. Now imagine that same person six months ago comes to you and says, Hey, I'm going to be launching this product on Kickstarter. Can you, you know, tell me like, which of these logos are interesting to you? Which ones do you like? Then the next month they come to you and like, oh, like, will you try this? Like, what do you think about the flavor? And they take your feedback. And then, you know, another month they're like, oh, what do you think about my, you know, video? And next month they're like, they're constantly getting you engaged. And then they finally launch and they come to you and say like, hey, I could really use your support. It's like, hell yeah, of course, man. Like I've been on this journey with you. And also like, I think a lot of people don't realize how much work it takes to launch something. And so when, when I have people coming to me saying, hey, support my Kickstarter, kind of like, I don't know what you've been through. Like, it, it feels like you just want my money yeah, where yeah, yeah. I want to support the people that I've seen the journey. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's say I got the social media pages. Um, we, we find one of the factories is like, yeah, that's really similar to what we already do. That's like the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Um, cool. What's the order, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you order your, your, your first order. Mm -hmm. Um, like what's next? How do you, how do you price so, it? How do you set it up? How do you really quick? You yeah. can start the type of business I'm talking about right here, you can start an Amazon business with $0 if you do a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo. Because that's another thing that a lot of people come to me and ask is, well, how much money does it take to start an Amazon business? And my answer is zero if you put in the hard work of doing the social media and you raise the money. So Interesting. Yes, yeah, the next step, as you mentioned, is buying a the first production run. And then after that, you're going to get it shipped over from, if it's in Asia, shipped over to the United States. Would you ship it straight to Amazon or to you? Um, there, either way, there's, depends. you probably want to look at the product. Well, you can also hire an inspector in China or in Asia uh -huh. for like a hundred bucks to go and they'll, they'll do a really good job. They'll look through everything. They'll take pictures. Um, I, uh, in the past have sent it to my house first, usually, cause I do want to kind of inspect it. But I think as I'm starting to scale, I'm more willing to just go in and send it straight into the Amazon warehouse and, and trust the inspector. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's cool. I didn't know that existed. Um, so then, ah, so the, yeah, next steps got to create an Amazon. Actually before that, you should really create an Amazon listing and very easy to do. They have a template. It's what's the title. Give us what's the main image going to be. Give us all the other images and you can create 3d renders. Uh, a lot of people think that you need to have the product and do photos. No, you can do a 3d render. If you look on Amazon, a lot of the products, it's very subtle. 
but they're not a real image. They were made by a computer. Mm. Um, and the benefit of that is you can get, first of all, you can get a lot of angles that you might not like. So with cocktail cards, we have the cards fanned out. We have the box open with the cards fanned out. To do that with a real photo would be real clunky because we'd have to like wider right. it but up. But that's the best way to display it. Yeah. It yeah. looks because when you see that as the main image, it's very obvious what it is. Um, so yeah, that you'll add a description, you'll add some other things, bullet points, all that kind of stuff. But then once you do that, you'll get the information on how to send it into the Amazon warehouse. You get a special, it's called FN SKU. Uh, you got to put those stickers on your packaging, but your manufacturer can do that for you. Ship it in the Amazon warehouse and it's time to launch. And now you're going to start posting about it on social media. They're going to tell your audience like, Hey, go buy it. I mean, there's a whole strategy to this. We can save that. That could be a, a whole separate yeah. podcast, but yeah. What's great though, what you're touching on, what's changed the last five years is like social media actually works for brand new people as well as like the TikTok algorithm, YouTube yeah. shorts, Instagram, Facebook reels. They don't really give your followers those views. It's more like it's completely random, which we, we talked about this on different podcasts too. But it, so yeah, like there's actually a massive opportunity for new projects, uh, new, new products, new companies. Cause it's like, you don't need a big following to get it seen. You have one video go viral about right. how like this product cleans shoes better than anything else. And then there's like millions of people who just saw this and want to buy it. That was, and so it's a cool time. AJ with cocktail cards. He, I mean, his TikTok was doing okay, but then he launched on Amazon. He posted a TikTok. And it got, no, actually launched on Indiegogo and he got posted a TikTok that got 600,000 views and he ended up raising a hundred thousand dollars on Indiegogo, Oh, cool! Uh, which is more than enough money to pay for all the start of his business. Then he launched his product on Amazon. He had a TikTok get 6 million views and completely sold out a product. If we would have had product in stock, we probably would have done $150,000 in that one day with all the views that we were getting, but we ran out of inventory because we didn't expect that to happen. So it's crazy. Yeah. So how, so a business like that, so he did 500 K sales first year, 170 K profit. Um, what's the second year looking like? Like how big do you think that can get a business like that? Well, that's the thing is almost, I mean, it's almost infinite because what percentage of people know about his product that would actually buy my guess is 3%, 1% actually know about it. I think it could be the other thing that a lot of people don't think about is the fact that it could be, it's not just cocktail cards. What the way I see it is he could create a whole course, an online digital course on how to make cocktails. He could create, create bartending supplies. He could do, it's infinite. The, the things that he can do. Um, so I don't know the answer to that, yeah. but my guess is, I mean, he could easily be doing millions and yeah. also starting to do retail and he's kind of dipped his toe in the water with retail, but, uh, I don't think a lot. Actually. Yeah. What products have you seen go really badly? Or really unprofitable. Usually it's products. So the method that I recommend, people always think. Because obviously is, like we're talking about it now sounds like, oh, step one, two, three, here you right, are. Right, Here's a right. million dollars. We all know this, this is yeah. way harder than, you know, than it seems. So what's, yeah, I guess like just kind of what's the other side of that? That's like, oh damn, that so didn't work out. It's one is products where people do a me too product, meaning they're just making a copy of something that already exists. This is usually called private labeling. This is why I don't like private labeling. Is or white label. White label, yeah. yeah, same kind of idea. Though, again, that term means different things to different people. But a lot of times, people will look at a product and be like, oh, this is making $50,000 on Amazon. I'm going to make my own version of this. But they don't improve the product. It's pretty much the same exact product, except for they're brand new. They have, they have no differentiating factors. So I'd say that's a big thing. No differentiating factors. I'd say non-premium. People try to compete on price. They're like, well, I'm going to launch a product and it's going to be cheaper than the competition. Like, good luck because someone with a lot more money is going to come along and drive you out of, drive you out of business for sure. Uh, and a lot of businesses, they don't even realize they're losing money. And so you don't want to be competing against someone that doesn't even realize they're losing money because their prices are going to be so much lower than yours because they're not really calculating all the profits. The other thing is people try to create things that are too unique and it's something like, well, I wish this existed. That's but a good point. They're the only ones in the world. <laughs> yeah, you and, you and one other person in the world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, that's hard. And so those are people that don't do the data research that's necessary, the validation. Because, you know, I have an, I had an idea for this carnivore electrolytes thing, for instance. I went on Helium 10. I went on Google. And I, well, I went on Helium 10 first and said carnivore electrolytes and saw that there was 500 people a month searching for this on Amazon. And those 500 people a month 
didn't have a product to buy. So I'm like, well, you can buy my product now once I launch it. Same thing with a lot. And then same thing with Google. I looked at the Google trends and I saw, oh, this is something that's increasing. So people that come up with, you need the creative and the passion, but you also need the data and the science. And if you just have one and not the other, it's not going to go very well. So you need both. Have you started any Amazon businesses that have gone really badly or lost a lot of money? Maybe you made a big order. I've had, I've lost some money, but then I ended up making more with that same product. The biggest loss I had that I can think of off the top of my head is, so I had this performance nut butter. It came in pouches. And so a lot of people are like, oh, you should put it in jars. You should put it in jars. So we put it in jars and the jars were leaking. I think I bought, let's say 2000 units of the jars. We sold a thousand units of the jars, had to throw away the other thousand. So and I'll just make up some numbers here. It cost around, let's say $6 a jar. So maybe I spent $12,000 on um, all the products. I had to throw away $6,000 worth of products, but because I sold a thousand for let's, I think $18 and I had $6 profit on that. I actually made $6,000 profit on the thousand that I sold, had to throw away a thousand, a $6,000 worth of inventory. So I broke even, but it still hurt. Yeah. I mean, I've made mistakes where, you know, I've had manufacturing mistakes that cost me $5,000, but I go on to be profitable at the end. Um, I've not, but I also am very slow and calculated. And I, I mean, an example too is even once you get the data in the research, if you are someone that's a little bit tight on cash and you want to be safe about it. So this carnivore electrolytes, we're just going to launch it because I don't even care. Like if I lose, I'm at, I'm at the stage of my life and this sounds funny where if I lose a couple thousand dollars on a business, it doesn't mean anything to me. When I was younger, that would, oh my God, like it would really freak me out. Uh, Talk spoken like a true million a year guy. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, so for me, it's like also in full transparency, we're going to launch this business. It's probably going to cost us $6,000. If it fails, that's a great YouTube video. So I'll make $6,000 on that YouTube video. And, and this is something I recommend for everybody at home. Put yourself in positions where even if you lose, you win. Yeah. Like, how can you do that? And there's another way that we could go on a whole tangent about that. I mm -hmm. mean, one is if you're learning information, another is if you're partnering with people, if you're growing and expanding your skills, it kind of doesn't matter. And that's the biggest thing. My biggest piece of advice is it doesn't matter if your business fails, as long as you're moving forward and you're growing. And it's almost cliche how often people say this, but put another way, I don't know any entrepreneur that's been doing it for 10 years that isn't pretty darn successful. Like, the people that are unsuccessful are the ones that tried it for a year or two. And they're like, well, that was hard. And they go back to their corporate job after. And this is what I ask now. Uh, cause you, you know, you can't really ask people, well, how much money are you making? Yeah. It's, I ask people, how long have you been doing this for? And when someone says 10 years to me, I'm like, you know, you're, you know what you're doing. Uh, versus if someone's like, well, you know, it's part-time for me. I've been doing it for six months. I'm just like, cool. And nothing against that person, but I just know that, we're not on the same wavelength around business, Yeah, you know, so. Manufacturing, especially food products, when you're talking about that, it's hard. I mean, I used to have a cookie company right. and there's just so many problems like with like shelf life and, you know, like yeah. burning, you know, I, I go look at the at the cookies coming off the line and everything's burnt and it's like, okay. That, and then if you don't have massive profit margins on stuff like that and then you burn 500 cookies and then like they drop you know a box of another one and then it's like all of a sudden you have no profit margin right you know and samples and this and marketing stuff yeah. and so i could see how yeah i could you know th there's other ways why why it's tough to make money um i want to transition into your content stuff a little bit sure. um so youtube like there's this kind of thing in society around like people who teach rather than people who do. And there's this whole negative connotation. You were pretty successful with your Amazon businesses. Why'd you go, why'd you go start teaching other people how to do it? Like yeah. the thing you hear most is like, if it's working for you, you wouldn't be teaching it. Right. You would just yeah. keep doing it. And so <laughs> I know, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to hear your take on that. I think this is the silliest thing in the world. And I understand it. I think when I was uh, younger, I maybe had a similar mentality. The quick answer to what you're saying is I am a better teacher than I am an op. I can do it. I can operate. Like I've ran businesses. I continue to run businesses. Um, and that, that is fun for me, but it's more fun for me to teach. Like it's more fun for me to take a complex idea and break it down step by step. Also, I think, doing the same thing over and over again, which is like launching businesses and uh, I mean, even kind of scaling those businesses, 
isn't as fun for me as helping someone. So my story, as I told you, when I quit my corporate job, I wanted to make six figures passive income, $100,000 a year passive income. It took me a long time and a lot of struggle to do it. And I remember the pain that I felt when I was in that situation and feeling like a failure. And so it's so much more motivating for me to go and help someone to grow. I, I mean, I wish deeply in my heart that I could go back in time and like help past version Travis and be like, I got you. Let me show you step-by-step step how to do this. I can't do that. But what I can do is help my audience. I can help real people out there. That is a hundred times more rewarding. I have this guy, Brent, uh, one of my favorite success stories. He called me up before he bought my course. He's like, Hey man, I'm a first responder. helicopter. This is like the peak of, you know, COVID times. It's like, I'm a first responder helicopter pilot. Um, you know, I'm super hardworking. He's like, you know, full transparency. I failed at a high, I almost failed out of high school. I, uh, I, I'm not book smart, but like I'm, I'm dedicated. I'm hardworking. And he had this idea for a product and I'm like, cool, man, like join the program. Let me help you out. Last year he did a million dollars in sales. He made over $300,000 profit. His first year was like 800. He's been doing it for two years. First year was like 800,000. Last year was a million. And when I talked to him, he's like, dude, you changed my life. Like, thank you. That is a feeling I've never gotten from selling nut butter. That's a feeling I've never gotten from selling my Amazon business. Now, that being said, my first way, the first way that I ever made six figures passive income was my Amazon FBA business. It was performance nut butter. And that allowed me freedom. And so I believe that people need to have freedom first and then they can really find what their calling is. Now, what you can, people can say whatever they want about this, but I really believe my calling is to help people to get that freedom. And yes, that involves selling courses. And yes, that involves teaching as opposed to doing, but that's, I think that's my, it's called Dharma. And like, I think, uh, what is it? Like Ikigai or like, that's well, another well, one. Yeah. Ikigai is one, another one, sort but another, like yeah. Dharma is like, what is your purpose on earth? Mm. And I believe that that's what I was put here on to do is to, to help people to get freedom, to get financial freedom. And it's motivating to me. I mean, I've had a ton of success stories now. And when I meet them and they say like, dude, you changed my life. That's such a cooler feeling than making. I, and you know, truthfully, I could make a million dollars a year with my Amazon, like profit with my Amazon businesses if I wanted to. But it's kind of boring to me. It's not as rewarding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, there's there's a whole bunch of, I could go on a bunch of tangents on why I teach. Uh Okay. I, I like that. You gave me a good one before you said yeah. the, the, the basketball analogy. Yeah. One. Yeah. So this is the other thing I always tell people is I'm not Michael Jordan. I'm not the Kobe Bryant of selling on Amazon. Like I'm not the best Amazon. There's so many people out there that are better Amazon sellers than me that make more money than me. But I always compare myself to the, the Phil Jackson of selling on Amazon because Phil Jackson, I don't know if you know a lot about him, but he, well, for the audience, I'm sure you kind of know he's won 11 championships. 10 of them was as a coach. He coached Michael Jordan. He coached Kobe Bryant. And I might get those numbers wrong a little bit, but he coached Michael Jordan. He coached Kobe Bryant. He played as a basketball player and he was a pretty mediocre basketball player. And the way his brain worked, I think is kind of similar to the way my brain works is he wasn't the best player, but he understood the game so well. I'm not the best Amazon seller, but I understand it really well. And the way my brain works is I ask a lot of questions. I really try to understand how to do things. And that's actually really bad as an operator. As an operator, you don't want to question things too much. You just want to be like, do this, do that. But for me, I, I dissect everything. And I really try to understand the nuances of how to do things and why you should do different things, which makes me a great teacher. Because yeah. when people come to me and say, should I do this or this? I know the answer because I've thought through their situation so much. Versus some people, they're like, I don't know, man. Just do it and make mistakes and, and learn. I mean, I know I said this earlier, but like, some people don't understand what it's actually like to be struggling. And I really understand the struggle. Um, so yeah, I think I'm a better teacher than I am an operator. Yeah. It's, I think a lot of coaching and teaching is like that because it's sometimes like I used to teach tennis and I wasn't the best tennis player, but you're like good enough where you really learned and spent a lot of time on it. But if you're the most talented, you might not have had that struggle in a yeah. way. Yeah, and yeah. so you're like, and, and it just comes easy to you. And I remember, you know, some kids that were so talented, like they couldn't teach other people as well because they were just like, I mean, you just, just do it. You just right. hit the ball, you know? And for yeah, like, exactly. for me or so, someone more average, it, it took a lot more like practice and like learning all the tiny technicalities that yeah. you can then pass on. And yeah. so no, I was you, probably a better coach and player, you know? Exactly. You ask the best basketball players in the world, like, well, how do you make that shot? You're like, I put the ball in the basket. It's like, well, no, but what are you doing? 
shoot it. Yeah, yeah. Flick the wrist. That maybe they, that's like the most that they say. Where you look at someone like myself, and it sounds like you as well. I'd be like, well, you got to bend your knees and this, and you're aiming for this, and you you understand it so much more because it doesn't come naturally. Yeah. My dad always said this about me, and at first I thought it was kind of an insult, but it's actually <laughs> a really nice thing. He's like, you know, Travis, you're not a quick learner, but when you understand something, you freaking really understand it. And to me, that's really impactful. And uh, I I think yeah, there's different brain types. Some people are good at just. I see a lot of people when I was playing sports that you tell them to do something, they just do it. You tell me to do something, I'm like, why would we do it that way? Why would we do it You're very analytical, way? yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Which, anyways, yeah. So, so can you break down like your income with the Amazon stuff like versus the, the educational YouTube stuff? Like how much are you making now off Amazon? So I think right now I don't really, uh, most of the businesses that I have on Amazon I'm partnered with and I let the partners keep majority of the money. And so... I don't know the exact percentages, but my main focus has been on the teaching side of things. And we are launching more Amazon business. That's actually one of the big pushes. I will say in the last couple of years, I've put maybe a disproportionate emphasis on the teaching stuff. And so criticism I've gotten is, well, you're not in the game. And that's not true. Like we still, well, first off, one of the big things that people don't realize is when you're teaching, you're in the game because you have a hundred students and you're, you, you have like lots of data points on all these lots different of tactical people. questions. Exactly. I, I'm totally on your side with this, by the way, because I don't, I don't want to be in the same game as I was last year or five years ago. So like that criticism is like, yeah, you're, you're in the game to like, you own percentages of Amazon businesses. You have some revenue. You're still like on the ground talking to these people. Like, why would you want to be in the game more than that? You know, like, so I get it. I hired someone recently and one of our goals is to launch more Amazon. Like the carnivore electrolytes is an example one of the things I want to start doing is launching businesses and or partnering with uh, influencers, for instance, and doing a lot more of that. Um, so, yeah, full transparency. Most of my income now is coming from YouTube courses, affiliate uh, marketing. I am looking in the, in the near future to start getting more profit back from Amazon. And the reason and actually one of the biggest reasons why I, I tell people about Amazon is it's what gave me financial freedom. And I know if I lost everything, I could get back up to six figures pretty quickly, yeah. but it's also, it's not my purpose. It's not why I'm here on earth. So it's a matter of, I want to focus on what I think I'm really, really good at. Not just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you're pretty good at. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think going from, like I was saying, going from Fair. like zero to six figures for your average person, I still believe that this is one of the best, if not the, I think it's the best. Like, I'm sure there's other things out there, but that Amazon and selling on Amazon, creating a passion product is the best way to get from zero to six figures passive income. Now, after that, figure out what you really love. For me, creating content and teaching is what I really love. And that's when you're going to make your first million dollars a year yeah. or whatever. No, I'm, I'm in the same boat with some of the, the stuff I was doing, you know, the e-commerce world. Like it's, it's great to figure out how to go from zero to like a hundred K without having a job because and you have your time and you're making good money. And like, Every all the money after that is all marginally like worse. Like it it affects right zero to hundred k is huge. Hundred k to two is almost no difference. Two to three to four to five. Like so, probably zero to a hundred is probably the same as a hundred to a million. Yeah. And then after that, it's like what's next? Like I don't know, hundred million. Like after that, if you make a million, ten million is probably pretty big. But 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 if you made two or three or four or five million you're still you know you're good you know. And then it's more just time. If you're going to be at that level, it's more just wait 10 years of making a couple million a year and then you're in another level. But like, yeah, I think it, so that makes sense. Like you did that for your step one and this is, this is your next, you know, the way you've evolved. Right. Um, okay. So, so on the YouTube side, you said, uh, you broke it down a little bit, but do you want to get more specific than that in terms of like uh, how much or the, the, the biggest you said there was affiliate AdSense. Yeah. And then the coaching stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which one of those three was the biggest for you? Yeah, I'll give percentages for everything. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. I'd say ad revenue is maybe 10%, let's call it. Affiliate marketing might be 20%. And then courses, coaching, consulting, like I'll put all that in a bundle. Um, Maybe the other 70%, roughly. Okay. Yeah. And this year, you said you made over a million last year. Yeah, I guess we could do that. I guess you could figure out the numbers pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> this year, are you like, you think you're going to do a lot more than that? I think 1.4, 1.5 is okay. my guess. Yeah. That's awesome. Who knows? Though the, the thing about that is this year, I'm expanding the team like crazy. So I hired 
Actually, a student, someone that joined my... Before you were extremely lean with your business, Very right? lean. But like last year, I had four employees in the Philippines, uh, which maybe five. Five employees in the Philippines, which pretty inexpensive. Um, this year, I just hired a writer to help me to write content. I hired, his name's Connor, a, a guy that was a student in my course, to help me launch more Amazon businesses and a bunch of things. He's, he's great. Uh, and then... Who else? I doubled our VA team. Now we have 10 people, basically. Maybe even more than that. But um, yeah. And so I'm really trying to expand this this year. So revenue is definitely going to go up this year. I don't, I, I'm assuming profit will too. But there's also things like I was mentioning earlier, like YouTube messed up, messed my ads. Now, luckily, that's only 10% of my profit per month. So, you know, it sucks to lose 10%, but it's not, I mean, in the past, the amount of money I'm making off YouTube ads to go from that to what I'm at now would be crushing, but you know, luckily I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. So you said like something that works really well. One of your most popular is does Amazon still work in insert year 2023, you know, then next year, does it work in 2024? So like that's, is that how you start? Like let's, let's get a, there's different buckets for me. Mm -hmm. So this isn't going to be for everyone, but I have the bucket of, well, there's random videos like that. I just know it's going to work every single year. I, my content is a little bit more algorithmic than your average person's and there's more templates to it. Um, every year I can do how to find pro Amazon products in this year. Every year I can do, I mean, I do four tutorials a year, five, six, maybe even sometimes. Uh, I could do one of my best performing videos right now is a five hour video where I compiled all my videos. Um, for instance, I have like a 40 minute video on how to find products on Amazon. I have a 30 minute video on how to find a manufacturer. I compiled all those videos, put it into one massive five hour video. I added like 30 minutes at the beginning just to pump it up and explain the, you know, the whole video. That was my free five hour course. That video is my top performing video by far right now. Um, so that's another type of video. I also, another bucket would be interviews. So I have my students come on my channel and I, I talk, talk with them about like, okay, uh, how'd you launch a product? What's the revenue? What's the profit? What's all the numbers? And yes, yeah, so that's another topic. Um, I have some other ideas as well, but at this point, my business, my YouTube channel is pretty systematized. I, I have 50 ideas of content every year that I could do for the forever, basically. And it's kind of how much a lot of them kind of repeat and it's yeah, a cyclical of, of it. A know? lot of repetitive stuff. And the other thing is, I think with my YouTube channel, that makes me a little bit different than a lot of the other creators. I put way more energy into it. I put way more effort into it. I believe if you look at my thumbnails versus almost, there may be one or two other people that are decent in my space, but almost everyone else in my space, they just don't put as much effort into their, their thumbnails, into their titles, into their, uh, their videos themselves. Like you look at my videos and there's a lot of editing. There's a lot of graphics. There's a lot of, and the script, I put way more time. I, from, I believe, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these people are putting a lot of time into it, but I look, I watch some of my competitor videos and it seems like they just turn on the camera and like, Hey guys, I'm going to teach you this thing. And they're kind of meandering a little bit sometimes where every word of my video is like analyzed. And I, I, I'll do, I'll have my editors like create the video, um, cut it up. And then I'll, I'll, I'll cut things. I'll add things. I'll, you know, do 10 rounds of revisions where I don't know how many Treat it like a job. doing that. Yeah. 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 It's, but it's a fun job. <laughs> yeah. You know. What is like the most important thing when creating a piece of content on YouTube? Thumbnail and no idea. Idea is the, the biggest thing followed by thumbnail title. Um, thumbnail title idea. Okay. Yeah. I'd say idea most importantly in you could have a great thumbnail, but the idea is something no one cares about. Like it could be, whatever um i put my socks on and like no one cares to watch you put the socks on even if you had a thumbnail that perfectly is interesting though i mean there probably is a thumbnail that would work for that but you know the idea meaning like what's something really compelling that people are like so i i, I showed you a video that i'm maybe launching earlier which is i make five million dollars a year selling this and it was a guy holding up lemon juice and you can't tell what it is but right there the idea is I make $5 million a year. It's like piques my interest. Like I want to make 5 million a year. Yeah. What's he selling? I it's, got to click. Exactly. Is that, yeah. So it's like this whole yeah. thing. Does everything have to be, cause when I'm thinking of ideas and stuff, I'm always like, even for podcasts, it's like, I want to say as much stuff that's going to help people. 
But then you look at like, you know, reality TV, celebrity gossip, all this shit that people consume all day. It's not really about that. It's like people are just so invested in things. So like, are there other ways besides like, here's how you make a million. Here's how you make 5 million. Like, yeah, there are other ways. I'm not good at those. Okay, I don't, that's, I don't your, know. that's like, your thing. This is my thing. This is like the, the code I've cracked and it makes sense to me. It really like it resonates with me. I've never followed celebrities. I don't really. Yeah, yeah, it's just not them. your lane. Yeah, we. What am I saying? <laughs> we just had a whole conversation around Amazon content creation. What should the thumbnail be? What should the title be? I think the only times I would watch something like this is I think for this, I keep coming back to like he makes a million dollars a year. But a million, the problem is, a million dollars a year on YouTube doesn't sound cool. Like in real life, a million dollars a year is dope. Like, I, think, I just think it's pretty dope still. It's, it is. But when YouTube, you have like this 17-year-old making $10 million a year. You know what I mean? <laughs> Soon it's going to be this four-year-old's making $100 million a year. Yeah. Just gonna so the, the, the truth is, I don't think it's <laughs> interesting enough. Would yeah. it have to be like, he makes a million dollars a year without leaving his house or something? Or like, you know, like... But it's like, I feel like it's so common. The way maybe I would do this is like, he's made $5 million off Amazon or he's made $10 million. I think my, my total online sales has been over $10 Jeff million. Jeff Bezos pays him $5 million to do this. Yeah, something, <laughs> something, now we're getting closer. But I think, so that's another, you know, kind of YouTuber trick is you can say per year or you can say the total amount. You can say revenue or you can say profit. I've noticed that a lot where you right. start seeing this 500 million and then it's like, well, that was revenue, lifetime revenue. That, yeah, exactly. You start like, oh, yeah, okay. But you have to play the game because if you don't and everyone else is, yeah. you look silly. So for me, million dollars profit super cool but like not on youtube world but if instead uh, my total online sales including amazon e-commerce all that kind of stuff i think it's right around the 10 million dollar mark uh be like he's made 10 million dollars now obviously that's not that's revenue not profit now i've still done well uh for myself but uh that maybe something like that like he's made 10 million dollars with amazon fba uh, that's probably what I would do. Actually, for me, is like he's made ten million dollars with Amazon FBA, and then in this video, they have to wait till an hour into it to understand that yeah, some of that money I made was selling products on Amazon. Some of that I made through uh, teaching Amazon, and a lot of that, some of that money was revenue, and some was you know that's not the profit. Um, and then maybe the thumbnail is I don't me holding like an Amazon box, and it says like you know ten M per year, and. He, yeah, he, that's what I would do. Okay. At least and we would workshop it and we'd come up with something better. But Amazon box, me just like shrugging, shrugging or like kind of like a like a happy face, but like almost an ambiguous face of like, yeah, this uh, is what I'm doing. I think a lot of people want to make $10 million. So that's a pretty good one, you know? Yeah. Do you ever get students who are like, I want to do what you do. I don't want to sell on Amazon. No, no. I mean, maybe once, no, almost never, almost never. I think like when is the creator course for creators coming? <laughs> I, I actually, I, so this is a bit of a, a whatever I'll say it's something in the next year or two. I want, I still want to teach the Amazon stuff, but I want to transition into teaching everything that I'm doing. Um, and part of that would be, yeah, how to, how to be a, a creator, like a, how to be a coach. Um, I have this concept that, well, I stole this from Jeff Bezos uh, and I'm sure he stole it from someone else, but a flywheel. And so the idea, so with me, I love that. I talked about that a lot. The flywheel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so my, my flywheel is I had an Amazon, I have Amazon businesses. Um, and then I create content, uh, around those Amazon business because I create content, the Amazon businesses make more money as the Amazon businesses make more money. I get to make more content and create more Amazon businesses. Then also I have students that come join my program who pay me money. And when they have success, they create content with me, which makes it so I get more sales and you know, this keeps going. And then also I have an accelerator program, which is like an upsell to the, the thousand dollar program. Those people are more likely to succeed, which means even more money for me. And then because I create, I create more content, which means more affiliate commission. And as I'm creating more affiliate commission, like, you know, the whole yeah, thing is yeah. just, and then I'm growing my brand as a whole, which means I can create more Amazon businesses and, and do more marketing. And so it's flywheel concept is amazing. And this is what we were talking about earlier with, my income's doubled every single year. It's because I've created this flywheel machine and you can too, basically. No, I love that that because it's the content's great. Content's a great example because like, you know, this, for example, like this is a conversation I want to have anyway. Yeah. I just got to learn all this stuff. 
Now we create content. It's an excuse to have you come sit down and tell me all about this. Now we create content. Now we put this out here. Now maybe more people see it. More people, you know, become come in my network through this. Totally. I've done a couple community businesses and it's like, it's great. You're, 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 you know, making money from a business, but more importantly, this asset of having like people that are interested in that, that can help you more opportunities, meet more people, more businesses. And it's like, I love that rather than early on, I was doing a lot of like fragmented things that didn't really help each other. And it's like, your mind can't switch that much. And you know, yeah, you're just, yeah. So that, that's really cool. Any closing thoughts? No, I, th- I think we covered a lot. Nothing comes to mind. I definitely covered a lot. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. We'll do a part two for sure. I feel like there's so much more we can get into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Cool. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Cool.